Welcome to Be Insanely Great. Super excited to be starting today. I have never in my life would have dreamed that I would be doing something like this, but yet here we are, pushed by several uh, sparks of inspiration along, along my journey and in my life. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to be here and share some things that have changed my life over the past now seven, eight months, somewhere around there, and see how we all can potentially learn from it, maybe if we're interested. If not, that's cool too. You can, you know, everybody does them, right? And so for some of the things that I've experienced, like there's no reason to me that like I'm some special person that this can't be for everyone, right? And so I started this, let me back up. So in terms of like, you know, who is this guy? My name is Joe, by the way. So nice to meet you. And I started this, you know, I'll call it a journey. I didn't even know it was a journey when it started, but about eight months, seven, eight months ago, I was in a place of uh, kind of not really knowing who I was, not really knowing what I wanted to do in my life. And I was grateful to at least have the awareness to have that realization and realize I was living in every moment in reactionary mode. Like I was reacting to everything around me. And that was just kind of the observation. All right, well, reactionary, like, is that even a thing? Like, what is that? Right. Is that a mindset? Is that a just even like a documented thing that someone's identified in terms of in terms of like the human psyche and mindset. And so, yeah, did a little Googling, our good friend Google, who solves most of our problems these days um, or gives us insight into things we wouldn't have had and stumbled upon a few different articles, realized that, all right, maybe it is whether it's a thing that somebody called clinically or not. I wasn't trying to get there. I was just trying to see how do I get out of it. Right. And so for what I was doing in that time, I stumbled upon this kind of this thing called abundance. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. It sounds like it could be the opposite, maybe based on what it says. Let me take a stab at that and see what I can do. Got into trying to see what is a mindset. I never even before this really understood what even a mindset was. And I was not aware to it. It was not a thing that I had any kind of insight into. And then, of course, mindsets. And then kind of how do you do that, right? I I have a friend of mine who you know I was planning on having a conversation with that weekend. And and I know I would have told him about this and we would have talked about it. And he would have said, um, well, so what are you doing to get into that mindset if that's really even a thing? And I'm like, well, I know he's going to ask the question. So let me try some. And then I... <laughs> I found a, a meditation and self-admittedly, I would not be that person in the corner. This same person I was going to have the conversation with three years prior had told me, uh, yeah, I tried this transcendental meditation. It was pretty awesome. And I said, that's great. Good for you. But I can never be that person to sit in a corner quietly for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, much less three seconds. Right. So I always had to be doing something and I always had to be moving. And if I wasn't moving, then nothing was happening and I wasn't achieving anything and, and it wasn't productive. Right. And so I got into this, you know, awareness of, okay, let me try this out. I don't know what it is, but I'm thankful to have some time on my hands to try and like do that. And so it took me like three days of procrastinating to get to a day in the middle of the afternoon in which I said, all right, now I'm going to do it. I got 20 minutes. I'm going to go for it. Um, so I downloaded, I got this free meditation that was 20 minutes with abundance by Bob Proctor. And it was super soothing. It was like beach waves and him speaking and his voice and just kind of trying to put me into a different place. And I fully tried to embrace it with every, with every element of my being. To my surprise, at the end of 20 minutes, my entire body was kind of vibrating like someone had plucked a tuning fork. I was like, whoa, this is incredible. What is this? I don't even know. But it feels like a feeling and a sensation I've never had before. Then I said, 
all right, well, I don't know exactly what that is, but then I would say, let me try it again the next day. And so I tried it again the next day and the same thing happened. And I was like, what is this? And so I started kind of getting into trying to figure out like, what is this? Is this a thing? Is this what happens with everybody with meditation? Again, went back to my good friend, Google, and no one seems to have had something that they shared was like this. That being said, everybody's, you know, it's, it kind of helped me qualify that everybody's experience is different and everybody's going to have a different experience, right? And so that is the overarching theme of that point. But even going further, I was questioning, what is this? What is this happening? Like with the meditation thing, it was, you know, I was sitting there, I was in it and I was getting these feelings, but I was still having these things race through my mind of all the things I'm stressed and anxious about and worried about and trying to get over and deal with in the day and, you know, that we all have in our lives. Right. And so it was really just a time to be, you know, in mindfulness mode, trying to, you know, silence everything out and giving me an opportunity to be quiet and be still and be uninterrupted. But again, going back to my point, it's like, what is this? What is this feeling? Like, is this real? Is there anything to this? Is there something that this could evolve into? And from there, I found found an author and speaker and, and, and well-known figure in the world of trying to understand life, uh, Joe Dispenza. I uh, saw some of his videos on YouTube and I'm like, all right, well, this guy's saying things like, you know, to be in the present moment, you have to not think about the predictable future or the familiar past. And I'm like, wow, that sounds pretty insightful. That sounds pretty insightful. Like if you actually listen to it and apply it, right, and start catching yourself in little moments. I watched a few more videos and then I was inspired enough to buy his book. So another full disclosure, I was not a reader. I had never, <laughs> I never got into it. It was never anything that I enjoyed, even through school and growing up and becoming an adult. It was just never my thing. It was never anything I did. I despised having to do book reports over summer. I'm like, what teacher is so generous to have students be forced to read who have no desire to do so? But, you know, whatever. I was like, all right, let me take it one page at a time and go from there. And so all of my questions of being, I've always been very analytical. I've always been very you know, detail oriented. I've always been, show me the facts, show me the data. And every doubt or suspicion or anything that I had in my mind that was telling me this is nonsense was checked off with data and with facts and with science, whether it was through epigenetics or through quantum physics and kind of the combination of that. And then Joe Dispenza, the way he so clearly articulates the connections between them and how they apply to life and how you can potentially use certain elements. So he was a true inspiration for me in this journey. And what I went on from there was essentially getting to a place of, okay, you know, I got through the book and he gives you some meditations to try. And I'm like, well, I like my 20 minute thing. Like, I just want to stick with that. Right. And then I'm like, all right, well, I, I want to keep that, but he's, ha he's got these other things and let me try this. And one of the most impactful things that I learned on that kind of journey after I started checking the box that this makes sense. There's science to back this up. Okay. You know, I'm believing I have a foundation to build upon that. Maybe there's something more here than I ever could have imagined or even thought about. And there was an exercise in the book, which the book that I read was becoming supernatural surprise, supernatural, you know, it's possible, but no spoiler alert, right? I guess that's what you say these days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, one of the exercises in the book that was probably the most important lesson that I learned at this point was I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted. I thought I wanted happiness. I thought I, I didn't even know what happiness was. All I knew happiness or joy was when your team scored and, you know, scored some touchdowns or won a game and you're happy or it's your birthday and someone surprises you with something. The moments of happiness in my life to this point were extremely rare. 
I think as most of us, I mean, before this, I feel like everybody would always remember the bad things, but nobody remembered the good things. You know, that's a saying that a lot of people say, why does that have to be the case? And I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. I didn't know that there was even an, even another option. And so at that point, I was like, he was challenging. And he told this story about his son. His son graduated from college and, and wanted to get a job. And he said, well, you know, put it down. Think about what it is exactly that you want. And then, and then meditate on it for, you know, this meditation happened to be 40 minutes, which I'm sure some people are like, 40 minutes? What? I can't even do 20, much less five. But, you know, everybody has their own journey and everybody makes their own choices. These were my choices that I was making because I saw something in this. And I saw that this could potentially be something. I didn't know, but I wanted to try it out. And so I went through and I thought about it and it really challenged me because I was like, you know, what is it exactly that I want out of what I'm trying to do? What's the next thing, right? What's the thing that looks like or sounds like or feels like what it is that I want to do and put it down on paper and then be consistent and, and focus on that. And as Joe Dispenza says, you know, where you put your attention is where you put your energy. And so I did that. And the other huge lesson that I got in reading his, his book, it was probably before this part. So forgive me in terms of the, the recollection of sequence of events. So to that same point, where you put your attention is where you put your energy. So notifications, emails, phone interruptions, you know, news, literally everything outside of my own like world that I spend any time on thinking, I eliminate, which essentially like eliminated everything that was out of my control. You know, this guy was traded to this team in the NFL, you know, a couple of years ago. Oh my God, that's amazing. You know, or, or not. And then you talk about it, but now like, I don't have any connection to it because to me, it was, it just made sense that where you were putting your attention, where you were putting your energy and it was, and it was sucking your energy, it was sucking it away and it was consuming it. And then, and then his whole point was bring your energy back, bring your energy back to you. You have this energy, you're giving it out to all of these things and all of these places and all of these people and all of these things in your life. And I'm like, wow, that makes real sense. So let me try it. I mean, I don't have anything to lose except for, you know, I, I lose the beat on what's happening in the world. But, you know, at that time, I'm like, all right, whatever. And that was seven months ago. And I haven't looked back. I'll tell you what, that was probably the best decision I've ever made in my life was to recenter every, <laughs> every element of attention that I had kind of start from zero. Like, okay, if I came into this world without any societal constructs, influences on, on my own mind or imagination or thoughts or feelings, you know, we don't know any different except for what's around us and what we see and what we hear, and what people tell us and what we believe and what we feel and what we think. It just made sense. And so those were two really amazing things that helped me. And I continued to progress and I did my best to be disciplined. You know, some days, you know, I think I went like 20 or 30 days in a row doing the 20 minute, then doing the 40 minute. And then I was I was just going. And then I was like, man, this is kind of getting a little old. And plus some of my time, some of the things kept creeping in depending on my life. And we all have this. We all have things that go on in our life, whether it's business, whether it's personal, whatever it is, we got things that we got to do, got to do, right? That's another thing we'll talk about. Thank you, Steve Harvey. Thank you so much, Steve Harvey, for the Instagram reel that I had seen to which you said, why are we saying we got to do this? We got to do that. Why can't we just use change one letter and that and be like, we get to do this. We get to wake up and do this. We get to go here and do that. You know, it's like every day becomes Christmas when you think of it that way. You know, it's like, oh my God, you changed the entire perspective. And it's an entirely new way of looking at things in which you have a level of appreciation and gratitude where instead of it's being forced upon you, you know, nobody wants to do it. And then, of course, if it's forced upon you, you write, go in, you don't want to do it. And so what do you not do? You don't give it any love because you don't want to be there in the first place. 
I was doing the same thing. Who wouldn't do that? We all do that. Anything we have to do, it's hard to kind of get to a place of putting genuine intention and care into it because we don't even want to be there in the first place. So, you know, I digressed. And thank you again to Steve Harvey for that. And so... For that spark of inspiration that that gave me an alternative perspective on that point. But it was really, again, going forward. And so I removed everything from my life, removed all the distraction, everything that I was giving my energy to, I drew it back to me. I had figured out, or at least in the moment had said, all right, here's what I want in my life, or I think that I want, and it makes sense. And it's, I had kind of qualified myself, like, is there anything selfish in here? Is there anything I'm asking for that's like just for me and from a selfless or selfless you know, I think sometimes too, we, at least from my observations, you know, we want to be selfish in the sense that like we want to care about ourselves and we want to take care of ourselves. But when it comes to speaking selfish actions and selfish thoughts and selfish feelings are the opposite of selfless. And, and to me, at least selfless is, is a loving action. Selfless in terms of- has a root of love. And, and when it's selfish, it's kind of the opposite of that. But again, I mean, those are things that everybody in their own journey needs to kind of realize or at least gain awareness to. But for now, you know, like I said, and and I would say this was probably, I don't know, three or four months in, I was doing this and had all this stuff kind of, you know, I'd say figured out, you know, I was, we've all, we're always like, all right, well, I got it. It's done. You know, in a day, I know what it is. I know what I got to do. Like, this is it. I had no kind of conception, even in the beginning that this would be kind of a journey that who knows what it could become. And the reality is, is here I am seven, eight months later, like it's progressing every day. The feeling, the feeling, the feeling of joy, the feeling of, of love, the feeling of wholeness, the feeling of fullness. It's something that keeps growing and keeps building. And for me, at least in my journey, it's a constant focus on discipline. It's a constant focus to catch yourself. And for me, it's almost like protecting my thoughts and protecting my feelings. Prior to this, I was only concerned about protecting my things and protecting my possessions. We lock our doors. We lock our houses. We buy insurance. We worry about someone stealing our lunch out of the community refrigerator in the office, right? We worry about all of the things. Like we're worried about the thoughts and the feelings that we have in the thousands of moments that we have throughout the day that we're putting our energy and attention toward that most of the time we don't want any of that stuff. It's just there and we're just spending time on it because we don't believe that maybe the better word is we haven't given ourselves the opportunity to potentially come into the awareness of like, we have a decision. We might have a choice. We might just realize that's the constant and that's the typical. Why couldn't it be as simple as saying, you know, well, I'll choose this. Well, and I'm sure there's people saying, well, you can't do that. Well, in the beginning, it's hard. And honestly, there's waves of things that come in that hit you over the face. Like I I just had this happen to me this past two or three weeks. I've had things happen to me in my life that put like grounded me and have said, whoa, you think you're moving fast? Here you go. Here's a new challenge for you to overcome. And so that's part of it. And that's at least from what I've experienced, part of trying to really reclaim your energy, reclaiming what's possible in our life and reclaiming what in every moment we have the opportunity to make a choice for and realizing that that's a thing. It's unbelievable. I mean, to me, has been inspirational. I would have never believed that even whatever before this, that any of this is possible or where we are today. You know, it's really just kind of evolved into this thing of I keep trying to simplify it and I keep trying to go into different directions and pulling different things from here and there. So I'll fast forward through the Joe Dispenza elements. So those are the two main things I learned. Thank you, Joe Dispenza. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you and your team and everybody that has helped 
kind of put science behind things and explain things in such a clear and easy to understand way. And those were two real main lessons that I learned. And then I stumbled upon this book by someone that I'm sure most everybody knows, Deepak Chopra. He wrote a book on abundance. And I'm like, what? Perfect. Let me check it out. And so again, another book that, and I, and by the way, Joe Dispenza's book is like, you know, mini phone book is like 300 some odd pages. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, all right, one page at a time. Same thing with Deepak. Thank you so much, Deepak, for your super insightful book with many pages and many things. And so I went through and I started going through and I started reading about Dharma and karma and all of these things. And for me, at least in my own kind of perspective and in, in looking at it, a lot of it was validation. I was reading things that I was feeling and things that have changed in my life. And it was really a validation that this meditation of abundance that I've been listening to for months, it's essentially becoming myself and who I am now. And everything that, that he, had, he had so well written in there to say, you know, in Dharma, this is you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing. And I'm like, check, 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 check. And it was really it was like a lot of validation. And at least since I've picked up reading again, it's usually one of two things that happen. And one of it is validation. Like, wow, this is like you could be reading something that someone else like super impactful and influential had done. And you resonate with that. And you're like, oh, my God, I do that same thing. I see where you're coming from. You know what I mean? And then the other thing is like we learn something new when we apply it. One of the things that was really insightful from Deepak's abundance book was to focus on light and the heart and realizing that because a lot of what I went, what a lot of in the beginning, I was trying to figure it out and trying to figure out like, okay, if I'm focusing on nothing, that's really hard to focus on, right? Because that's what they tell you to do. It's And listen, I mean, I get it. Like, all right, the opposite of everything is nothing, right? So focus on nothing. But how do you actually do that? And how do you do it practically? And of course, everybody's going to have their own journey. But for me, I was like, all right, well, I'm sitting here quietly. Is it like, smoke cloud? Is it like blackness? Is it like, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm trying and I, it kept changing. And then he helped me get that kind of vision of almost like a sun or like brightness in the heart and then having that and then focusing that to go up to your brain and then, you know, back and forth. And it was really calming. And, and it started to be something that I did while I was driving, you know, not with my eyes closed, but with my eyes open. Then all of a sudden, you know, 45 minute drives became no problem because I was doing something productive along the way and it was helping me. And then I'd show up and like even now plane rides. Oh, my God, I got a two hour plane ride. That's great. That's two hours of time I can be quiet with myself and focus on, you know, centering and, and meditating and coming off the plane ride with the abundance of energy of like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing. But then in doing that and the reason I share that example is I started saying, well, what if I took like little things from here, little things from there? that resonate with me and then build my own kind of version of this, right? And so kind of finding a way of realizing and, and understanding who I am and what it is that works for me based on my own life experiences, based on my own energy, based on my own disposition of things and kind of pull those things and then build on those, right? And so that was incredibly helpful. The pieces just kept falling into place and I didn't realize it all at the time, but then it kind of went to another level when, when I read Wayne Dyer's book, uh, Wishes Fulfilled. He passed away several years ago, but he was quite an inspiration to many people for many decades. And he really kind of had such insightful, motivating elements to the things that he said. And it was so clear and it just resonated with me. It feels like what resonates with any one of us, whether it's among us or whether it's things we hear or things that are said or songs we hear, we're on the same frequency as that. We connect with that. And so, you know, the biggest thing out of that book that I got was 
first of all, it helped me kind of build upon what Joe Dispenza had helped me do, which is like really sit down and think about what it is that I want out of my life and what it is that I want out of every present moment, because that's really the key is living in the present moment and not thinking about, you know, using his words, the familiar past of the predictable future. It's like, you know, even if you're in a random place and you say that to somebody, you're like, whoa, that's actually pretty cool. You know, that just instant, like, awareness to that is almost like we know that is truth. It's like we have an inner knowing of what's right and what's wrong. Some will say yes or no to that, but I think a lot of us are truly grounded in that point, right? And so I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing that from Wayne Dyer that what I learned is to just kind of take it to the next level and really just simplify the focus on being. And then I started tying things together and and what Joe Dispenza had had said and he says all the time is is we're just light. Everything around us is light and information. My interpretation of that is everything that we see and everything that we are is the light and the information. Maybe it comes from our consciousness. Maybe it comes from us. Maybe we're the ones that are, you know, have the ability to do something. And so, you know, it really just kind of took off and became this thing in which every time I, I meet someone, I don't know if this is something from the, the meditation where, I don't know, he says every person you interact with feels better having come in contact with you. Why not? Why not? Like every time I meet someone, I have the energy of, how are you today? So good to meet you. What's your name? You know, just even asking somebody's name. Nobody asks for anybody's name anymore. They just like, oh, okay, bye. You know, thanks. You know, barely, right? But w- why not? You know, I, I was at a rental car place in New Jersey a few weeks ago. And these super people, you know, thank you so much, Marilyn, for helping me find a great car. Jose checking me out, you know, being able to go through. Like, we're all people. We're all human beings. The simple gesture of being able, first of all, to have the energy to be able to do that. I had never done anything like that before, ever, never. I would always be the shyest kid on the playground. I'd barely even want to say a word, much less, you know, ask their name and try and have a brief, you know, 15 seconds of engaging conversation. You know, and then they say, where'd you get that energy? I'm like, I don't know. I'm working on figuring it out. Let's figure it out together. (laughs) So I'm like, it's all in us. We all have it. And I feel that. I feel that in my heart. I feel that in my soul that we all have this. And, you know, people say, well, what do you like? What is this? I said, well, you know, I saw my friends from college a few weeks ago on the Super Bowl. I said, what are you on? And I said, life. I am on the energy of life. I am on life. And then I said, the best analogy I can give, you know, kudos to, to my, my colleague, Anton, he who's the king of analogies, this great Scotsman. And he's like, the analogy that I can give is I feel like I have the awareness of an adult, but the energy of a child. And it's like, wow, that's pretty, that's, pre- oh, and here we go. Two beautiful doves flying by. So if you hear, you know, birds flapping and that's another thing, like birds are all around, animals come around, things are happening, things happen in sequence, things happen in order. It's like people texting you when and they say, oh, I was just thinking about you or all that stuff like that just keeps happening more and more frequently. I don't know about anybody else, but that would be a rare occasion for me. And when it's happening, like on a daily basis and it keeps continuing its momentum, <laughs> it's like something's happening. Something's happening out there. So here we are. That's kind of the context of like things that I've read, things that I've seen and helping understand that coming to the realization that, you know. What if we pulled little things here, little things there, little things here, and had that be something that we resonate with and that we accept as truth? And that what if we then, with that understanding and realization and acceptance, believe in ourselves to then become what we resonate with so that we don't have to think about it? We just act and operate in that way. It could very well be 
you know, something like you read a quote or you hear lyrics of a song or, you know, you see all these things around you. And then again, you realize it, you resonate with it, you have a good feeling about it. And then if you reflect or we reflect on things, the pieces kind of fall into place. And so it really just has come into, and then that kind of parlays into the, in the trailer, I talked about this universal intelligence and the Beatles and all this amazing, great stuff. And we're going to get into that here shortly. But it was really trying to say, okay, if there is this universal intelligence and that universal intelligence is so smart, why wouldn't that universal intelligence put little like specks of inspiration all over the place? And so those are quotes, you know, whether it's a quote from Oprah or a quote from like Aristotle or a quote from Leonardo da Vinci or a quote from uh, Leonard Hamilton, the F1 race car driver, which I love a quote that he said. And he says, my driving is an expression of my inner feelings. What? Amazing. Like, okay, so you're connecting with your inner feelings and you are expressing that with how you drive your F1 race car down the road or wherever you call those things with F1 racing, you know, hundreds of miles an hour, right? To be able to be the super champion you are. Oh my God, that is unbelievable. That is incredible, right? And then reading Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs says there's been things that he's said that people have captured that said he ran Apple like the Beatles. He ran Apple like the Beatles with perfect harmony and with beautiful interactions to keep the peace and to have love in everything that you do and to keep refining, keep refining, keep refining. Oh, and then also he said he valued the connection with your intuition and your inner knowing more than he did intelligence. Okay. So Leonard Hamilton, you know, F1 race car driver, Steve Jobs, and Oprah has said similar things. I'm sure I can go on and on and on. And I'm sure everybody listening has tons of examples themselves. So why isn't that something that we try? Why isn't that something that we explore? Why isn't that something that we like give ourselves the opportunity to say, oh, that sounds great. Let me try that. But then we do it for one day and we're like, ah, that shit don't work. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't work. That doesn't work. It didn't work for me. I tried it for a couple of days. I tried it for a couple of weeks. It doesn't work. Well, do you put a seed in the ground and expect a 10, 30 foot oak tree tomorrow? No, it takes years. It takes effort. The Beatles didn't become the Beatles overnight. And if you watch the Get Back documentary and you or any element of it, any element of anybody writing a song, most of the time, it doesn't, they don't have the song perfect exactly in the moment, right? So what if we looked at everything in our lives as the baseline is perfection? What if the baseline was perfection? Everything around us, the trees growing, the birds singing, everything happening, the oceans, you know, everything moving around. No planets are blowing up in front of us. We're here. (laughs) We're in the present moment. The sun is shining today in this beautiful day. Why can't perfection be the baseline in every moment we're giving ourselves the opportunity to improve upon that? And if there's ever a perfect example of it, it's documented very clearly. Thank you, Peter Jackson. I think that's his name for your eloquence and giving us whatever it is, seven or eight hours, which I really want to see all 60 hours at some point. So I'll give you my address on a later private episode. But seriously, like seeing the evolution and seeing finding it, right? So Paul McCartney on his book of lyrics, he says, writing a song is unlike anything I know. He's like, you have to be in in the right mind. You have to be in the right mood. You have to have a clear mind and you must trust your initial feelings because in the beginning, you don't really know where you're going. So There's another example, which I don't know why I didn't remember in the moment, but you got Leonard Hamilton, you got Paul McCartney, you got Steve Jobs, all these people that we idolize, these people that we're like, oh my God, who are you? You are this amazing person in our society. And there's quotes out there that say, 
we idolize these people because they're like the greatest expression of what's possible for humanity. So if we think about that for a moment, so like whether they're an athlete, whether they're a scientist, whether they're a business person, or whether they're someone in your life, they've been so impactful on your life and they've done so many things for you or anything. It's like we're seeing an example of what's possible. It's almost like a limit. These people have pushed the limit, right? We know what the limit is. These people have gone beyond that limit. They've created their own limit. There's no limit for them. And so how can we think about that and potentially apply it to our lives, right? And, and for me, the biggest decision I ever made was to start applying things in my life and to start, even though I had the opportunity and, the, and again, I'm so grateful to have had the awareness to reflect on things as to how decisions and choices that I had made. But if we don't apply it, right? We read all these quotes. They're all great. We all resonate them. We re- hear these songs that seem like, you know, they make us happy, they make us joyful. But how many of us actually look at the words and actually think, oh, maybe I can like, do I like, you know, this sounds good, but may, have I applied this in my life? Right. And is it something that what would happen if we did that? I mean, I never gave myself the chance until recently. <laughs> and I can tell you it's worth it. I can tell you it's worth it. You know, we all got to give it a shot. But at least for me, it was worth it. And I think that that's something that they're all right in front of us. There's so many things that are right in front of us that we almost miss it because we're always going to the next thing. We're always trying to look for the next thing. We're always looking, where are we going? All right, we got here. Oh, we barely got here. We got to go. We got to be ready to go there, right? Whether it's in business or whether it's in our personal lives, I was absolutely guilty of that. That's per my example of I can't even meditate, right? I wasn't even able to sit down for three minutes, much less 20 or an hour. And here I am trying to speak about a journey and I was trying to go to the next place all the time. That's all I was doing. And it was really grounding in a sense to be able to just have the awareness that all right, we can be here. And then that ties to the present moment thing. So if we're not running to the next thing and we're not always thinking about the next thing, which is Joe Dispenza's The Predictable Future, right? Okay, then give ourselves an opportunity to be present. And oh my God, like the things that I pay attention to now, new buds on plants that are flowering, birds that are flying by, you know, birds that are chirping, butterflies, grass that's growing, you know, all of these things that I was only looking for the imperfections. I was like, oh, this is dead over here, or this doesn't look good, or, you know, this isn't good. And going back to the baseline of perfection, why not? Like, again, we have so many things that we're always worried about in our lives. If we just like say, all right, if we just like say, all right, you know, everything's perfect, let's build on it. It's almost like giving ourselves credit to to be able to just be free for a moment. Instead of chasing perfection, it's already here. (laughs) What if it's already here? And you know what? Anybody that says, oh, that's not true. Well, listen. Everybody has their own choice. Everybody has their own opinion. But while you're over there trying to prove me wrong or prove anybody wrong that makes a decision to give something like that a try or anything in their life, I'll be over here doing my thing, having a great time, living life, trying to find the joy in things instead of thinking about the things that come up, which the negative things, the anxious things, the stressful things, they happen. They come up. And every one of them, and I've had one of the probably the biggest lessons of my journey these past you know several weeks which I almost decided to cancel this show. But I said, you know what? If I'm really doing this and I'm really showing what's real in the present moment, I can't be just canceling the show because I feel like something happened to me in my life today. And if I'm in the present moment, well, then I'm not worrying about that stuff that's bothering me. How can I sit here and say that and be that person? And so I'm like, all right, let me pull my bootstraps up and let me come here and be, be here with you today and kick off our show that's about being insanely great 
in every moment and giving ourselves the opportunity to do that and giving ourselves credit for who we are and, and making progress. And we're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days and we're going to have the opportunity to have experiences to which in every one of those, we can either look at something that we want to challenge and argue and fight against or force a result that we think that we want to exude an element of control, or we can let it be and just go with the flow. I mean, the one of the best examples of going with the flow, I'll reference again, the Get Back documentary. These guys, the things that came up, whether it was a location, whether it was a song, whether it was George leaving the group, I mean, they were like, eh, you know, they expressed their thoughts, but they didn't get upset. They didn't get angry. They stayed in the present moment. They let things flow. And looking at examples there, and again, and quoting Joe Dispenza, is how you think and how you feel creates your personal reality and thus your personality. It's like, all right, so if it really is, and again, going back to the light and information thing, right? And manifesting that or whatever it is you want to call it. You know, if how you think and how you feel, if it's really that simple, well, my God, how do you do that? How do you do that? Like, how do you, well, so number one, you, you know, for me, at least I had to have awareness. All right. Well, like if that's really true, then literally every thought I think and every feeling I feel, which Joe helps understand that there was a spend that helps understand that the body, the feeling, the emotions are stored in the body. And so, and our thoughts are here. And so it's almost like, and what I learned is you can't just think about something. You got to feel it and you got to have that positive feeling. And I don't know if it's my own personal reality. But the Ted Lasso episode that just aired the other day, I mean, episode two, oh my God. Like, if you want to talk about thinking and feeling and believing and having something come to fruition and a program that helps explain the most clear, eloquent example of that, oh my God. Like, we can save that for another episode. But seriously, wow. Thank you so much, group of Ted Lasso, for, for giving the world some television programs that are centered around joy and love and positive feelings and not everything else that we consume our thoughts with in this world. 